Power's back on. Welcome to the Completely Unnecessary Podcast for Tuesday, December 14th, 2021. Delayed by 45 minutes, nearly an hour. Uh, I'm Pat Contra. That's Ian Ferguson. Are we recording? We are recording. Okay, good. Just making sure. On the show today, we'll be talking about a review of the analog pocket. Oh, That's right. Uh, we'll be talking about NFTs invading gaming. We'll also be discussing other who daddies. And the fact that my, my outdoor couch might be ruined because the cover got blown off with a 35, 40 mile, mile an hour gust of wind. And I yelled at the top of my lungs, fuck, in the middle of the neighborhood, but I don't care. Um, it's fine. We talked about uh, Ian watched Heat. So good. We recorded in the den on, our, on the cell phone because the power was out. But go to uh, patreon.com slash you podcast. <laughs> we, we'd hear us discuss Michael Mann and the great crime drama from 95 Heat. Yeah, right there. Did you do anything else this weekend, Ian? Um, my weekend was pretty busy with with work, um, but uh, Vani decided that she wanted to become a uh, pro Halo player this weekend. So okay. we'll see how that works out for. Her. Okay. <laughs> I don't think maybe not pro, but she. Uh, it, it was funny because she never like has really any interest in that sort of stuff. <clears throat> but she was watching. She was doing work in the living room, cataloging things, and. Um, I was playing some multiplayer and she kept looking up and finally she just puts everything down and she's like really into it. And then she grabs the controller out of my hand and tries to play. So that's what she wants to do for all of our upcoming trip is learn how to play Halo. But no, uh, I have no idea what else happened this weekend. It's been a hectic morning, sir. And we already talked about the important thing I did, which was heat. I have a $700 couch potentially ruined. So my day's not going well so far. Uh, This is going to push my editing back today. I want to watch little Steph Curry break the three-pointer record. That Ray Allen set at MSG. Little Steph. Little Steph. He's a little Steph. He's a 6'2". That's a little for NBA. That's a little. It's true. So why are you going home, Ian? Uh, going home to see my parents for Christmas. Christmas, Ian. Christmas. Christmas. Well, ho, 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 Ian. Mm-hmm. I know we were supposed to gift today, but I got a couple of pre-gifts for you that I think you would enjoy. So Okay. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Okay. The first one, I might explain it to you, but take a look. And this is the goat gift wrap, by the way. The little kitten. Skip I've had for ten years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Open that, open that little. <laughs> it's one I always use. I reuse it too because I don't mind getting. Uh, wake up and be awesome. All right. Oh, I like that. That's cute. It's a little wood Zelda pin. It's not a penny in. It's not a pen. What is it? It's a needle magnet. Oh, so a needle magnet. So, so there's two ends to it. So when you're working on your crocheting, <gasps> you can put one on one side and that and then in a whole different place. That is so cool. Look at that. I'm sure, I mean, I guess you could use that as a magnet too, but that's not the primary function. No, that's awesome. Are you no, going to use that? You yeah. use that cro- crocheted in Buffalo? Yeah. I will definitely use that. That's so cool. Taking that with me. Thank you, sir. So, and then this other one. Open it up. <laughs> Open it up. Oh, that is good stuff. It is the OSW, the Old School Wrestling Podcast, Macho Man Christmas Sweater. <laughs> that thing is fantastic. Oh, thank you. Did you know they did that? No, I did not. You did not? Okay, good. It was, it was a surprise then. No, that's, they, that's amazing. 
Show it, show it more, show it more. Show I, I it. have to get something for you, sir. Okay, and that was not that was not given to us. I, I purchased that, but check it. out. I think they're mostly sold out. Most of the sizes. That's amazing. Uh, check it out. Our friends at OSW, the old school wrestling. Well, it's a re- re- podcast and a video show, and they've provided countless hours of entertainment. They're for, good folks. They're good folks. Uh, so now that now the hats off. So we'll we'll exchange gifts for real when Ian's back. Uh, in a couple of weeks. Uh oh, uh oh, uh oh. Uh oh, put the put the hat back on. What what do we got here? I brought you tamales. Oh my god, Ian. Uh it's four tamales. It's two pork, two pork verde, uh, two cheese tamales. Uh, this is the person that Vani and I have been going to for twelve years. Okay. Um they are fought over by people like Treg and my what co-host. Do you mean fought over, because there's not enough there. No, people like every year people ask over. me for them. We uh ordered Vani picked up nine different dozen nine dozen tamales last night to be handed out as gifts or last night to nine be handed, dozen nine dozen we bought from the guy thank you should this be refrigerated uh they're they're fine but you can refrigerate them well, we're doing a podcast but steam them steam them steam them how do i steam them you put a steamer basket in there i don't have a steamer basket I'm not a chef, Ian. The steamer basket. We'll figure out something. Put a grate in there, or you know, Steam, you know, put, put water up, then put something on top. Yeah, like, put, like a, a colander. Put, put a colander in there and, and cover it. it and okay. Just let it heat let up it, that way. Okay, and, and leave them wrapped in the corn husks while you're doing that. And that's better than like baking them or baking them or microwaving them. will dry them out. When tamales are cooked, they're steamed. The problem is, is a lot of, like oh, so these are uncooked. No, they're cooked. Just to heat them back up. To heat them better. back up. Okay. That's how you want to do it. Otherwise, it'll get dry on the outside. Okay, I'll try that. So, I'll, so I'll boil boil some water. And then I'll put like a colander over the on top, top and then put a lid over put that lid over and that. let it sit for 10 minutes. Okay. Thank you, Ian. You're welcome. Enjoy. You know, while I was picking around looking for the uh, analog pocket in there, I was like, I'm going to let Ian say what, what's in this tray. I thought it was going to be the chili you promised me five months ago, but that's okay. No. <laughs> no, no. That'll come. I'm happy you like that little Yeah, that's thing. very neat. I like that. That was like Comic-Con. You really? See, there was a whole booth of those. Oh, wow. I wasn't there. That's why you didn't go. No, my back was shit. That's why I'm sorry. It's a little bit better now. That's why I was like, oh, magnet. No, no, it's not a magnet. Come on. Pat, Pat, Pat personalizes gifts here. Come on. Come on. But yeah, you got to make a Menda cozy for me with that. I like, the- <laughs> I like that. Moving on. Speaking of analog, uh, the pre-orders are back up. We're going to have the full review later on the podcast. But uh, they put up their, their pre-orders. Again, there's three batches. You got to get in early, earlier. Uh, it's probably too late now. <laughs> I mean, well, for the first yeah. batch, but uh, or second batch maybe, but quarter one, 2022, quarter four, 2022, and then quarter one, 2023 are the three batches, right? Yeah. So. I'm happy that Analog is doing this. Um, I've had you know plenty to say about Analog, how they do their pre-orders and their advertising. I love their products. I don't love everything about the company. I'm very happy to see this. I saw a lot of people. So they're doing it in three batches, quarter one, quarter four, 2023, as Pat said. Um, I saw a lot of people complaining, well, you know, what if I get in the, well, then don't, then don't fucking die. I don't know how else you do it. Right. Once you do a lottery system, how else are you going to do it? This is what everyone wanted. Uh, This is is how Playdate did it. This is how, uh, I mean, they are letting you order and depending on when you get your order in, you will get one. I am sorry if it's a popular item and you don't get your item until later. It's a luxury electronic item. Yeah, it's a luxury item. needed. If you, I I I absolutely understand people not wanting a company to hold on to their money for a year, but you don't have, this this is how, if you want it, this is how you get it. It's time to stop complaining. An analog delivers products. Right. It's here. They're not a fly by night company. So you'll get it. Um, so, so I, I understand, but 
if I feel like a lot of this is just people being needy. It's, it's not. Just, it's just that they're disappointed. It's just I want things. People now. want it, but I, yeah, I, I get to say I hate to use the word privilege, but it's a little bit of like if you're worried about this, come on, your life's not bad. And if you think suddenly, magically, you're not going to want one in 2023, then you shouldn't be buying one in the first place. <laughs> I mean, they did raise the price 10% to 220 Understandable with everything you want. Everything's increased Play a Playdate did it. I don't care. A yeah, uh, $20 pay raise is a uh, uh, price hike 10%. is not... Not something I'm going to slaughter them over. No, I'm not going to do it. Uh, but I, yeah, we'll trust to... me, because trust me, uh, some of that's built in with the shipping cost too. Shipping is nuts, uh, so they got to make up some of it probably there as well. To be honest, so we'll talk more about that later. Though, plenty to say. Um, game awards happen, and we don't fucking care. For don't the care. Most part. Fuck the game awards. However, uh, I will cover these things that I watched after the game awards and not during. Um, I. Uh, I've become a big fan of Sonic the Hedgehog lately. I know, unfortunately. I've always been. I've seen the evolution. But evolution. it's it's uh, it's nice to have... Uh, I mean, I don't ever expect much from the games. Uh, it's just nice to see something and be excited and go, hey, there's Sonic. I wish I can get excited for this character. I have, like, no feelings at all towards this character. I gotta sneeze. You have no emotion. <laughs> no heart. No heart. All right, great. I just gave you a present. No heart. That you like. <clears throat> uh, well, you also are talking bad about Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> um, so... There are uh, two big things came out regarding Sonic the Hedgehog. We saw the trailer for the new game, uh, Sonic Frontiers. You saw it, I didn't watch it. Um, it's open world looking. It looks Zelda-y. Um, and I will play it. Uh, but what I'm more excited about immediately is that we saw the trailer for Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie, part two. I did, well, I did see the trailer. And um, I'm excited for it. It comes out on April 8th. It looks like a Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Uh, it looks better than the first one, just looks, off the trailer. Just looked better than the first one, and I enjoyed the hell out of the first the one. The first one looked like hot garbage for me, I'm not going to lie. I, I thought it looked like the typical, oh, fish out of water, low budget, we'll just run around in a, tr- in a truck with Sonic. Did you watch it? Movie. No, I didn't watch it. Okay. Then I don't care. Am I wrong on that, though, assessment? I mean, it, it, it's... It's most of the movie, he's just running around w- with a guy, and just like, oh, what am I doing here? I mean, not really. It's kind of. It's a kinda, buddy movie. Yeah, exactly. It's a buddy movie. Okay. The same. I mean, but you got Tails in this one. And it's I, far better. I am a fan of Tails. Well, here's. I am a fan of Tails. Look at my vintage Tails plush. It's probably worth $100 by now. Um, this is actually something I wanted to bring up because it's fairly important. Her name is uh, the, the voice actor, Colleen O'Shaughnessy, um, is the person who's been doing Sonic or uh, Tails's voice, I believe, since Sonic Adventure. Okay. Um, and it's what people wanted to see. Uh, the, it's rare that they use voice actors from a video game when they make transitions to movies. They always try to go with some, well, like Chris Pratt. I mean, Don't, it's, not even a, it's a joke. There's another role he came up with recently that Chris Pratt's going to be right. voicing. It's not even a joke anymore. You can tell this movie wants to be accepted and loved by the fans because they are doing things that other movies generally don't and things that people have complained about. Like I said, getting the actual video game voice actor to do the voice for Tales. So I think that's pretty great. Chris Pratt's doing Garfield. We've run up the show before. This is ridiculous. Yeah. This is fucking ridiculous. He's got like four major voice acting roles. Um, So I'm excited for it. Uh, It was great to see uh, Idris Elba. Uh, do, you think it's, do you think it's too much introducing both characters in the same movie? You don't want to hold Knuckles for the third movie? Nah, I think it's fine. 
<laughs> I it's think just, it's I mean, with Sonic, I mean, just I don't think in. it's going to be too complex. <laughs> I, I I don't know what the, what the lore is to these characters, and, and that that gives Sonic a, a you know a a, a, a second buddy. enemy to go after. So it's not just you know Robotnik again, and a real buddy, a furry bunny, not yeah, just a, a human, a furry, pal, not just a human just a character human. that probably won't be in the movie as much this time around. Um, Tyson Hess, who does a lot of Sonic art, has done some of the Sonic comics and his own comics that are really good that I like. Um, is I'm happy. the storyboarder for it. I'm happy you're happy, Ian. He's the storyboarder for it. He says he's excited for it. I, I think it's going to be... I think it's going to continue the tradition of Sonic movies being decent. Um, and I think it's probably going to be better than that Mario so- movie. The tradition of Sonic, Sonic movies being decent. Well, what, what do you expect? I mean, what more can you ask for with video game movies? We haven't got... I mean, that, oh, you, it's the best we've got. You, you think, you think this, the Mario movie won't be as good? No. With Nintendo probably at the reins to, to make sure it is this time? I don't see I don't see Mario transitioning to a movie nearly as well. We'll see. Okay, we'll see. I I, I don't think it'll be bad. I don't think it'll be great. Um, they showed the the only thing I'm going to talk about since everyone brought it up to me. They showed the um, the Matrix uh, demo in, in the new Unreal Engine. Was right. it Unreal Engine six? I don't know. Um, five it, five. It looks incredible. It's almost full to release. It's just, what people are saying. Like, it's nuts. The, the, like all the, 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 the inanimate objects, the roads, the buildings, it, it looks real. Like the cars look real. The faces, sure. you're getting close. You're getting closer on like the faces and people. It's, it, it's close. The faces but, are very close and they no longer have those dead uncanny valley eyes oh, that yeah. were so prevalent in the PS4 and I, Xbox One era. I think it's more of an animation thing versus the engine. But sure. Like, there were definitely games yeah. on the PS4 that didn't have that, but. That, that's an animation thing, I think. But, um, an artist thing. But, no, it looks great. Uh, I, when I first saw it, I'm like, wow, is this going to be a new game? Because they're like in a shootout with the cars, with the agents. No, and- it's literally just a tech, uh, themed tech demo. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the legacy of Unreal. That's the legacy. That's it. We can't do a fucking game anymore. Epic. But, uh, you know, it's a basis for basically Fortnite. And uh, it's the basis for, you know, the engine that's not just revolutionizing gaming industry. They're starting to use it for movies as well oh sure so like the unreal engine is blowing up that's they still use the unreal logo i mean you can't do a game you can't do a game it's giving you everything epic they give you everything this game franchise has get back a little bit that's all i have is that unreasonable is that unreasonable (sighs) sorry it's been 14 years since the last game that's fine it's been 14 years 14 years since the last game um, the creator of the NES and Super NES uh, passed away, Masayuki Uemura. 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 It's not a name I saw brought up a lot in the pantheon of you know Nintendo. Uh, he was a lead designer of both consoles. He was seventy eight years old. Um, he was he joined Nintendo in seventy one, and brought. Br- I mean that's that's an incredible run, obviously. Oh, that's a that's a um, <clears throat> just those two consoles like that. Jesus, that's I mean, a massive career. It's over a hundred million consoles sold. I and I want to bring it up. You know, I, I think this is why it. You know, doing a little bit of a deep dive into video game history, video game history preservation, all that stuff is important because there's no reason why we shouldn't. I mean, if we're really into video games, there's no reason why I shouldn't know the name of the guy who yeah. designed the NES and Super Nintendo. And I don't. I, I, I hate to say it, I didn't know his name until he passed away. Yeah. Uh, and that's sad. But, you know, this is why I think it, it, it shine a light on the positives. This is why it's good that people are gathering this information now. Well, putting out histories and books so that we know the people who were truly. It's not that Nintendo did this. We know the person who did this. Well, that's also the culture of a company. Probably like yes. Nintendo Japan. It's like, well, the individuals don't matter as much as the company making this stuff. Potentially, yeah. You know what I mean? It, it's not like... The, 
he wasn't he, he really wanted to he could have like put his name out there by himself but that, that's not what the culture is it's like no. yeah, I, did, I did a job i created this and that's it Fair he's, he's been teaching the past since 2004 he was teaching at a university at a chiba institute of technology uh we were oh that's a good run it looks like a fine fellow um yeah man you, you, two bangers in a row and it's like all right that's, that's good that's good <laughs> Two bangers in a row. Went platinum on both of those. <clears throat> you know what's a banger? UltimateNintendo.com is a banger. It's a banger for, for Christmas gifts. Get your orders in, I'd say, by the 16th. At best, to have a chance to get it delivered by the 24th, because there's no deliveries on the 25th, which is a Saturday this year. Um, you got books. You got the pins. You got the enamels. If you want to see, if you want our chubby faces on, on your lapel, you can do that. RBI baseball stickers up the wazoo. Ian can now fit one on his new laptop. It takes a lot of real estate if you want to do that. I, I put it, uh, stuff stuff over that. Make it like a base, yeah, a base yeah. coat. A base coat. I'm maybe. not doing it yet because it's, it's, it's a smaller laptop. I yeah, got a really yeah. nice big sticker that I got for my next laptop, but now that this is smaller, I'm like, ah, do I want it to take up all that space? We also have limited t-shirts left hmm. in limited sizes at UltimateNintendo.com as well. Limited shirts and limited sizes. So get your order in today. I'll be on Cameo Wednesday. Cameo. No, I'm not Cameo. I'm I was doing a sale on cameo.com slash slash pat country. I'll be on Twitch Wednesday, twitch.tv slash country code. But if you want to give it cameo as well, 80s and 90s commercials on Twitch, it's fun. It's fun. Um, You're fun. Rats playing Doom. <laughs> how about it? Doom 2 in particular. How, how about it? It's a, it's, it's a heartwarming story. Uh, you don't want to give these, these rats are smart. You don't, you don't want to you know, make them too smart, though, to take over the world. Uh, but uh, it was experiment. Done with a few different uh, rats. Um, so former former Feinstein Institute's neuroengineer Victor Toth set a simple goal. He wanted to teach rats to play the classic 94 video game Doom 2. This is from Futurism. So he mocked up a, a stage to make it easier for the rats to get through. Gave them a cute little like uh, like ball so they can run like maneuver on. Right. And they run through a level. Like the, the, through sugar water to teach them what they're doing is right. They they know they they can run through a doom in theory. They can run a doom. Uh, they can run through it. Now, when it comes to the the weapon use, they still don't know what's the rats are like. This is weird. I know this is weird. So they put an imp in the level. You can look at the video. It's adorable. By the way, uh, there's three rats. The best one was Romero at, at running through it. What I read. So oh, <laughs> so but if you look at the if you look at the at the video, it's literally like a ball they're on. Yeah, and it stands on top of a mouse essentially. Yeah, and however a mouse it ball, but big yeah, mouse ball. and however it runs, the, the rats, just... the rats on the mouse ball. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so oh, they put him yeah. in a cute little harness. Oh, you didn't get that. I did. It so, took me a minute. <laughs> so in the level, um, there's a little imp that shows up, and so they're trying to they're trying to gauge away because obviously little little rat fingers can't hit a lot of buttons. So they're trying to they're trying to rig away for the rat. I think that's it to like push back in order to activate the weapon to, to fire. And so right now the um. The scientist is, is doing it himself to try to teach rat. This is what you do there. But the rat's looking like you can see the rat stop. And it's like, what just happened here? <laughs> like someone shot for me. Like the rat realizes this is not like this is out of the ordinary. No backseat drivers. Let me play the fucking game. Well, you got to get past the imp, though. True. So but that's the next step. Once the rat learns how to use the weapons. Now we can see and they're going to put this on Twitch. You get the rat to figure out to shoot the imps. Now we're on to something here. Now I want to. Uh, now I'll watch. I'll watch doom rat on twitch every single day yeah. I, don't, I don't care if the levels just go forward and it shoots things it's amazing 
that they can you know train rats to do stuff like that there's a question here why did you choose doom 2 why not duke nukem wolfenstein and legend uh, of zelda off. so the answer no, would 2. be to, for me would be because doom 2 is one of the greatest video games ever made uh but he replied much nicer than i would have uh the plan was always to train them on the first map of doom 2 i thought the first map was perfect because it has all kinds of environments it's easy clear corridors simple turns bigger spaces Test a lot of stuff in there, and also because Doom Two, and this is a good point, Doom Two is very easy to edit. Yeah, and it's uh, and it's also it's simple. Wolfenstein is simple as well. It's the same simplicity. You know, you walk and you shoot. I mean, that's basically what you do. They, they, in, in this version, they mocked up the doors to open automatically because you know you don't want to have to constantly press buttons, right? And, you know, you don't want the rat. You can help the rat a little. Yeah, you don't want the it's rat fine. to be looking, uh, pushing <laughs> against all the walls, looking for for the the secrets. <laughs> have the rat just go and knows the secrets and go across the wall. So it's an automatic button press. They're, you know, when you when you go for it there. So it's it's, it's adorable. I, 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 hopefully we see Romero or, or his friends on on, yeah. on Twitch. No, oh, that's great. That's so cool. Doing that. GameStop uh, quarter three results were not good, Ian. Yeah, just a brief reminder that um, the stock market boom, the health of a stock does not represent the health of a company. No. Not long term. And their revenue stream. It represents the speculation on a company and yes. how well they're going to be doing. And uh, GameStop, obviously, last year we talked about it on here. You couldn't miss it. It was all over the news. People took a very low dead GameStop stock and pumped it up to hundreds of dollars. And lots of people got rich, uh, including the CEOs. But this didn't magically create a need for GameStop to continue existing. No. All it did was give golden parachutes to the you know C suite that's going to be well, leaping out. It gives you it gives your company more money to play with. Yes, obviously, but from I mean from all all the articles we've read and heard, this money is not being trickled down to stores. Well, of course not. They, 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 then they did do a stock sell off uh, earlier this year because that's where you get the money from. Okay, we sell off some of our stock, we get the cash to keep going. So this is what happened. Uh, for the three months ended October 30th, the company reported net sales of $1.29 billion, a 29 increase on the $1 billion made during the same period in 2020, probably because the new consoles came out. Uh, but that, they, didn't turn, they didn't turn a profit, though, still. Right. Net losses were $105 million the quarter. Right, because GameStop has no real reason to exist. And they, the, the, the loss last year was $18.8 million. So what the hell's happening? They lost almost 100 more. But they lost only 111 million quarter two. They're losing money every quarter. Like they're losing money every quarter. Still, they're losing 100 million dollars every quarter. That's yeah. not good. No, you can survive for a, a small amount of time, but my God, and we're, but we're we're starting the new console generation. This is it for the. I mean, you're still trickling out console sales for GameStop, but like, there's less and less a need. But you buy them directly. These consoles from Microsoft and like Sony. Well, and the other so, thing yeah. that I don't think I've ever really mentioned is, but that that goes on with this you mentioned like the new consoles being come out or coming up having launched having been launched (sighs) reset (laughs) yourself ferguson okay um the amount of games that comes out for these systems is far less than they were on playstation n64 360 ps3 and so there's less people going in to buy shit there's just less stuff to sell all around so they raised 1.13 billion i should have read it before through the stock sale. So okay. um, that was in June there. So they basically raised almost $2 billion by selling back stock that was pumped up to ridiculous amounts because it was it became a meme stock. And obviously all the, sh- all the, sh- the short sellers that went overboard on the short, we-, we went through this, went through the math back in like March when this happened about, this has nothing to do with the, with the company's outlook or health of it. It, w- it went for people betting against it, but too many people were betting against it at the same time, basically a hey, little ducky. 
So there you go. What else is going on, Ian? Uh, well, I mean, it's Spider-Man, No Way Home. Uh, it, it's out. We'll have a full review next week, Ian. Yeah. If you're going to see it by Tuesday, please tell me I see it by Tuesday. No, I'm not going to see any of the Spider-Man movies. You can spoil it for me. Okay. Just I'm not. You haven't seen any of the, uh, the three new ones? I haven't seen any of them. You haven't seen any of the, the Sam Raimi ones you didn't see? No, I mean, I saw, one in, I saw one and two of the Sam Raimi ones. I have not seen the Garfield ones. I have not seen uh, any of the MCU ones. That was kind of the beginning of the end for the MCU for me. Okay. Um, so I haven't paid attention to it. So I'm not going to see it, but I don't care what you say about it. Okay. Well, the reviews are coming out so far. It's like 100% of Rotten Tomatoes from what I saw. Nice. I'm, I'm trying not to get super spoiled. From what I read a couple of reviews, the reviews are doing a good job not spoiling. They're like, they're not required not to spoil, but I'm not, they're like keeping it like not. So they're like, oh, it pays an homage to the last 20 years of Spider-Man movies without saying like, well, does that mean the actors are in it or just the villains that we know from the trailers and commercials? Like, that's not a secret. Like, they're doing a good job, like... Yeah, keeping the secret like it's amazing. Like I still, I still don't know. And we're two days before it comes out. I still don't know. Like right. I mean, I know, but like they've kept it, they've kept it under wraps there. Uh, and speaking of speaking of Spider Man, uh, the Stanley NFT was announced. The Stanley NFT um, from so from Stanley's Twitter, so fucking from the Stanley's uh, Twitter account. Ian, if I die, can you do an NFT from my Twitter account? That'd no. be great. Mm-mm. I'll do one for you. No. Uh, this is the Stanley Twitter graph. From championing diversity to embracing new tech. They got to put that in here. Stan was one step ahead of the curve. To honor his innovative spirit, Stan's first Indian hero, Chakra the Invincible, debuts its own it's NFT. Fucking milk his corpse dry. Its own NFT, digital art in parentheses, collection from 730 uh, Pacific, whatever. So the, the comments were not, not good. They never uh, are. All these companies uh, are doing these things, and... Like, there is no positive feedback outside of a small space, but it's making them money because that small space keeps fucking spending money on these things. It's the small speculators. But the, but the public re- the public um, uh, take on NFTs is their dog shit. I've never seen something more universally accepted. Yeah. The energy, this, is, this is garbage. The energy use is unnecessary. It doesn't make sense. Still, it doesn't still make sense to me. Uh, Dictionary.com responded. Uh, the word defile was first recorded in 1275 to 1325. I love it. comes from the old French word defile, meaning to trample on violate. So a little editorializing from dictionary. I don't know if you pay attention to they dictionary.com, do that a lot. but they do it a lot, and I love them for it. They do that a lot. Uh, they oftentimes will post like words on a day without saying what it's related to, but it's obviously yeah. related to what's the biggest thing on they, Twitter. They, they politicize, and it, it's fun. It's fun. Uh, like Jack Subtikai said, the big YouTuber, this is awful. <laughs> he just said, this is so awful. Who said that? Jack, Jack oh, Subtikai. Yeah. <laughs> one, one of the larger, mostly unproblematic YouTubers in the space there. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's horrifying. And we're rocketing towards it, and we'll, we'll have a... As I take off, I'm getting hot. As as we get into the podcast, we'll be talking about uh, NFTs. This is a te- we don't usually do teas like this. NFT- no, but two teases in this uh, fucking intro. NFTs invading gaming. We'll talk about NFTs a bit more uh, later on. Yeah. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This portion of the CU podcast is sponsored by Guy Arez from Retrobit. 
a classic 16-bit shooter for the Sega Genesis. Retrobit Publishing strives to provide re-releases of some of the most rare and unattainable classic titles, like Gyarus. They work closely with their partners to bring these unique retro games to fans from around the world. In Gyarus, Mother Earth has been turned into an environmental wasteland. Now, the human race has one final chance to save the Earth with your help. The United Star Cluster of Lizaleth will help the humans settle a new world if they are able to take out the intergalactic terrorists known as the Golfer. Fail, and they will force our sun to supernova, destroying the entire system. But there is still one brave hero willing to fight for our survival. Ace pilot Dan Dare. We love Dan Dare. <laughs> Along with Alexis, the former messenger of Lizaleth, and the new TOZ weapon system, we have a chance. Journey through eight stages of brutal space combat, enormous bosses, and gorgeous cutscenes, all on the 16-bit cartridge. This limited release has a translucent Tektite cartridge, full-color instruction manual, reversible cartridge inlay sleeve. It's individually numbered, exclusive interview with James Bunker, an embellished slipcover, a free t-shirt, and each sale will provide a donation to the Video Game History Foundation. That's a lot of stuff, Ian, in that limited release. Check out Gaiares at retro-bit.com and pre-order it by December 19th. Ian. Patrick. It was a... It was time. Big news. Big stuff. The Analog Pocket. Here's our review of it. Uh, Analog was was nice enough, kind of sent us us a review unit for for us to look at. They also sent us the dock and a lot of the other accessories, like the Nano Loop accessories for music creation and things like that. We won't focus on that too much just because, you know, obviously most of the audience is more interested just in the pocket itself and the dock. I'll talk about everything a little bit. Um, Start start with it. You know, were you excited to get get your hands on the dock, Ian? You mean the pocket? Excuse me, yes, the pocket. The pocket, yes. So, uh, this, like, as Pat said, this is a review unit. However, I have lots of my own money tied up in this. So, if I was not happy, I would not be saying. Ian has pre ordered it. Yeah, I, I, I actually have stake in this. Um, Good stake. So, I was very excited to get my hands on it. Uh, I spent a little bit of, there's a few months here where I tried to forget about it. And then in the lead up to it coming out, I got really excited again. Um, I really wanted to get the unit in my hand, see how it felt, mm-hmm. see how it played, and I really wanted to see that screen. So, uh, Pat lent it to me. I took it home. Um, I played it as well. Charged it up a little bit. I played it for a day. And the first thing I will say is when you hold the unit in your hand, it feels nice. It's solid. It feels like a uh, a premium item. It feels like they put lots of effort and thought into the design of it. Um, it's 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 heavy. I handed it to my friend Lincoln, who I didn't say uh, anything about the system to. You had told me, you know, ahead of time, you're like, hey, it's really solid. But I handed it to Lincoln without saying anything. And within five seconds, he looked at me and goes, damn, this feels nice. And I was like, yeah. Um, I think with a handheld, that's going to be your first impression. They knew it, and they made sure that that thing felt pleasant to hold. It was a couple pounds almost, it feels like. I'd, probably, I'd put it oh. in a pound and a half. Yeah, it's over a pound. Um, but not not like overly heavy, like no, the, no, the no, weight no. that you want to see on something that costs you two hundred dollars. No, no, yeah. So I really liked it. Um, and then I went through and I started putting Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and Game Boy Advance games in. Um, I started off with Sheep It Up on the original Game Boy. I decided I spent so much time thinking about what my first game would be, and I went with Sheep It Up. Sheep It Up is a homebrew that was released uh, about five years ago. Very simple game. I love it. Um, and so obviously it plays great. Starts up like you'd expect it to. Looks beautiful on the screen. Um, I was not expecting to actually be as impressed with the screen as I was. 
analog, and they talked about this when they announced it, there are different modes you can put the screen in depending on what system, mm-hmm. what platform, what platform the game is for that you put in in the pocket. Uh, game Boy has the most options uh, thus far. Um, so you can put the game. There's uh, analog GB, which is their own display type. There's Game Boy, which DMG. has nested subtypes we'll get into. Yes, there's DMG. There's uh, Game Boy Pocket, which is black and white, and uh, Game Boy Light, which which is like um, light blue tint. The on light the back. blue one that came out in uh, Japan. I've got the Pokemon, the Pikachu yeah. one. Yeah, didn't come out here. Um, and with the except the DMG mode is a little too green the- for me, but with the exception of that, I really like the Pocket mode and the light modes. Now, what these modes do, the standard ones, the DMG, the pocket, and the light, they try to recreate how the screen would have actually looked if you're playing on a system. So you on the real see, hardware, yeah. You, you see where all the pixels are. It looks yeah. like a screen that was, I believe the term is properly biverted. That's a mod that is commonly done, where it makes it very clear, and you can see the pixels very clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, no blur. Uh, everything is very smooth. Everything is very easy to see. The color contrast is great on those modes. Um, analog GB is more of a modern, like upscaled rendition of it. So you don't really see the pixels as much as you do, uh, sharper lines. And when you are in analog mode, you can apply, uh, different color palettes. Yeah. You have grayscale. The, the, The default is almost like a, almost like super, almost smoothed out sort of look, but then you have the other ones, mint, Blue, green, and purple, which gives it almost gives it like a almost like Super Game Boy look in a way, where it's like a it, Super Game Boy added more of a palette. This is just this is really just one dominant color, one replacing. dominant color. But it's a neat effect. I like it. I liked it from when I tried it. It's a neat effect. I liked it, but I will be honest. Um, I I and this is not a knock on them because they actually did it. I really really love the pocket um screen setting. I use the pocket a lot and the light screen setting. They also have, uh, this is a new firmware one, uh, you would be able to do your own custom, looks like, analog uh, display colors on yeah, it. Yeah, so that's a good that idea. going to be coming. And they also have the one we didn't talk about, which was the uh, the, the DMD display. That I, I, I thought it was great when I played it. I actually played a couple of games. I played DuckTales in that. The DMG display? Uh, DMG. Oh, the, the pinball, pinball style. The neon matrix, matrix yeah, yeah. pinball mode. I actually enjoyed that. Did you use that? Uh, I, well, I, I'm not a huge right. fan of red. Well, you're red, green, colorblind. That's right. Uh, I mean, I can see it, but yeah. I don't love it. It's kind of so harsh. It was interesting to me because it, it didn't hurt the eyes. Like a, it's, it's closer to like a virtual boy look, but it's not as harsh. Yeah. And I play, I think, DuckTales 2 with it. I'm like, this actually isn't bad. It actually is like a neat little effect. They didn't have to put it in. Ketris didn't have to put it in, but it's like, there it is. It's there. Um, real quick on the form factor. I like that it's like a combination of a GBA SP and just a Game Boy a pocket. pocket. It's like a perfect combination to me. Um, you have four buttons, convex and concave face buttons. Thank you. Thank you. And you save plastic slightly. Um, you have your no, two. No, you don't. You don't no, save any plastic. It's either popped out or puffed in. Oh, that's it's right. It equals out. It's the same oh, no. Amount. It equals out. You're right. <laughs> I thought you'd save money. Well, instead of doing four con, <laughs> instead of doing four, you know, concave. Yeah. Okay, so you have your two your two triggers, which feels like an SP. Um, the D pad feels really nice. It feels if, if from what I, from what I from what I what I gathered what I learned, it's the same size as a Game Boy it one. Is. So my, my thoughts on it: um, D pad, great. Face buttons, great. Shoulder buttons, 
personal preference. Never particularly liked the SP style shoulder buttons. It's a little cramped. A little me. too cramped for you. I like the wideness. Um, but I do like the form factor. I like the way it looks. I love the pocket form factor, which is what the like the original Game Boy pocket form factor, which mm-hmm. I feel like this is what this was aiming for the most. Yeah. Um, the start and select are down below. Uh, I would have personally liked the start and select buttons to be um, maybe a little bit further away from the analog button that, or just a different size to, to uh, quicker, more quickly differentiate it. That's just me. Uh I'll, the sound, the sound quality in this is like the speaker is really, really nice on this. Oh. I was surprised how bright and clear the, the 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 volume was on this. There has been a trend in recent years to make the maximum volume on something very low because people don't trust us with our hearing. Um, fuck you. Uh, I love the sound on this thing. This thing is almost too loud. The max is fine. I think I played which is it great because no one you adjust it based on what you want. I think I played it at like 75% audio and that was like well loud enough. Like say by 80 it was like you know what I mean? Like it was it was fine. Like I couldn't picture myself ever needing it louder than that. Yeah. No, it was good. I ran through uh Game Boy games Real quick, uh, compatibility was was great except for the one off I'll talk about. I did the Game Boy uh um the, the the camera i could not find my camera i have one so i did not i did it it worked this. fine yeah. i did uh the WarioWare uh gba game twisted i worked fine the only thing was it, it's a little more awkward not having it wide in gba versus this to move it but yes. it worked fine um everything i worked it plays doom i i, I played doom on the game boy advance so uh, the only th- the only thing it doesn't play unfortunately uh it does not play the bible uh games um like, and that's not a, even a software thing. That's like a legit a hardware, hardware thing. Because the, because the cartridges like the, are... The, the, the way the hardware... Like yeah. a, 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 a physical problem. Yeah, because the way those cartridges were made, they're, they're like an open board. They're not like closed yeah. off. And from what I read, that just doesn't work well with how this does. But if you have like... Um, um, Capture's told me if you have the Game Boy Game Genie, you can plug it in that and plug it in. It should work. Right. So, if, hey, if people are like, oh, I'm not going to pre-order because you're not playing my Wizardry games. That's it. That was it. Um, in addition to uh, trying uh, Sheep It Up on there, I did try another homebrew that, um, you know, sometimes has problems running on Game Boy systems because it's a power draw. Uh, it played fine on it. That was Dangan, uh, Dangan GB. Um, it's a shooter. That one played fine. Did, so then I moved on to... Did you try, I'm sorry, maybe the analog OS at all? Because I, I think I sent it to you. But there's it, nothing there. There's yeah, nothing there yet? That That's I still going to yeah, be there? As far as I can tell, there's really nothing there yet. But there's quick load, quick save on here. That I have not messed with. So you do have, you do have, you don't have total total save states yet, but you have at least one for each one. game right now. Okay. I, I believe. Uh, moved on to Game Boy Color. Uh, game Boy Color games. I think the screen, the, the screen for Game Boy, oh man, the screen settings they have specifically for Game Boy Color are hot. They're hot as shit. I love them. Can we talk about the brightness at all? Like, I was never playing on 100% brightness. It wasn't needed. I was like, this, you have it on 75 right now, and that's fine. I had this. it on 50 for most of it. That was like, honestly just me messing this, around. The screen is fantastic on this. Yeah. Like, the screen is fantastic on this. The, the selling point for the pocket. And it's a heavy glass, by the way, on top. It's like a despite heavy Despite FPGA, whatever. which I'll kind of talk about in a little bit, is the quality of the build. And the quality of the build needed to be good to justify people purchasing this. And I will tell you, I, I, I mean, personally, I love the screen. Love the screen to death. I think the screen honestly makes it worth it. Yeah. Um, so there. And it really depends on how much you're into your Game Boy and stuff like that. If you're not going to fucking use the thing, you don't need it. But like... Oh, no. Yeah. This is, this is, this is a system that is meant to be used. Like, it's a joy to use. Uh, all the settings are great. 
So uh, Game Boy Color also has an analog setting and then uh, a Game Boy Color setting. And I think that might be it. There might only be two I'll, settings for Game I'll Boy Color. I'll look right now. You said for Game Boy Color? Yeah, there might only be two. And then um, GBASP. Yeah, you only get Game Boy Color and original Game Boy Color. You get the analog version and then right. that. Uh, luckily, they both look great. The Game Boy Advance SP, again, has quite a number of, of modes. It has uh, an analog mode. It has the original SP, and it has the SP-101. Uh, so three modes, not a ton. Oh, okay. GBA, SP, SP-101, original analog. Um, How does the original analog one look versus the others? Again, it kind of it gets rid of the real noticeable separation of pixels and dots and makes it a smoother looking thing. Like the Game Boy analog one does. A little bit. Uh, yeah. It's I, a little more smooth that you can tell it's not like... I like it. It really depends on the game I'm playing. On that one, I alternate between the analog mode and the SP-101. And you can uh, do frame blending on this or sharpness, desaturation, on, 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 I think on the color as well, from what I saw. You yeah. That for, yeah. You, so f- frame blending, what is that? Is this, I guess it was a motion thing? Don't know. Put some together. Don't know. We need it. We're not into the, the, that. Yeah. Uh, this is a big one. This is big. The audio. The audio on the Game Boy Advance. So huge. This is a big one. Um, it big, is, big, big. I, I don't remember exactly what happened, so please don't slay me if I'm wrong. Something about the compression of the audio or the way the audio is on the Game Boy Advance, the way it plays back, it comes out of the speakers sounding crackly and tinny, depending. I, like I said, I don't know if it's compression or what. However, there is a way with the analog pocket to basically... There's a high-quality mode. There's a high-quality mode. So I don't know exactly the... <sighs> the tech that goes into it, but other companies have been doing this as well. Um, uh, Konami recently released their, um, their Castlevania trilogy, the Game Boy Advance one. Uh And they did the same thing. You can do original GBA audio or you can do the enhanced. I was impressed uh, to hear that it actually made a difference. The game I test with that was uh, Pokemon pinball, Ruby and Sapphire. Uh, and it can sound kind of crackly and tinny in spots. Sure, like it's, it's, it's like overcompressed. It's, like maybe. it's peaking. It's yeah. Yeah. Or, uh, or, yeah, it's hitting its limit. Okay. Um, sounds a lot smoother, a lot nicer with the GBA Advance. So the audio level. sounds better than the original. Yes. And less that popping, less you, you won't play it normal ever again. No, I, there's, no, there's reason. no reason. I don't feel like including there's a reason to. In case you want to. Right. Have the authenticity. Um, the, the one thing I didn't talk about on here um, was the one thing. Play cartridge, no cartridge in right now. Um, it boots up quickly from sure. from you know you, you sleep it you sleep it and it comes right back if you're so if you're playing your game tap it come to right sleep back to it, it tap yeah. it again to bring it back to play keep the game going uh, if I had if I had a minor quibble I would have loved the sleep button to be a little bit further away from the volume they're right next to each other I did hit it once or twice while trying to do the volume but most of the time you, you adjust the volume before you play that's a very minor quibble you can you can mute it by hitting both uh, volumes at the same time which is a cool little function uh, to do that yeah if you didn't know that. I don't know if it's documented in the, in the destruction, but I was told that, so that was that's cute. Um, we haven't tried the link yet. Once Ian gets the second one, we can play uh, Faceball 2000. Yeah, th- that that'll be fun on that. Um, did you try the game uh, Game Gear? Yeah, uh, this is going to be the segment where I just kind of jump into everything else. Uh, okay. I, I, the dock is going to require a little bit. That's a little bit more important. So let me do the dock. I'll, I'll talk about Game Gear first. I did check the Game Gear adapter. Uh, game uh, had no problems with it. It was a lot of fun. Game Gear games stick up a little bit past the top. A little bit. A little bigger. A little, more ch- little yeah. bigger voice. So, I mean, it, it doesn't look as sleek, but it works. Uh, it works fine. It uh, grips the games well. My concern was that it might be like a loose tower, but no, everything feels solid once it's, it's in it's there. It's in there. Yeah, it sticks in. Um Game Gear had three modes. Uh, it has an analog mode. 
It has a Game Gear, and then it has a Game Gear Plus mode. And what's that? I don't know if a Game Gear Plus was ever a thing. I think it might just be their attempt at doing like... So, obviously, the difference between the Game Boy Advance SP and the SP-101 is front light versus backlight. Okay. Um, the Game Gear was backlit, if I recall correctly. It is a backlight. But, yeah. Um, I think the Plus just tried... I don't think there was ever a Game Gear Plus if there was, someone can tell me. I think it was their attempt at making a bright... Basically, the original Game Gear screen, it looks like the Game Gear screen, but the Game Gear screen kind of sucked. So I think they did like an enhanced version that was kind of halfway between the Game Gear and their version. They fiddled with it. To where it, it still has like the, the, the pixel separation in that. Okay. And then there's the analog mode, which again is like all the other analog modes. So it kind of smooths This is it what's out. good about it. About you, you have some stuff that you would say, well, it's FPGA, but you also have like some cool... Like with a lot of the analog stuff, you get some stuff that you maybe in like some emulators you originally have, but this is on the hardware level. It's fantastic. Um, yeah. So, and then obviously once this thing, I, I think what we're going to see is once this thing gets cracked, as they always do, I think we're going to start to see a lot more custom screen types. I think we're going to see some Even cool more than stuff. This. I think we're going to see some really cool stuff done with this. Um, and um, obviously we're not there yet for the, for the Turbo Express uh, stuff or the Turbo PC Engine game. That's going to be incredible. Or the Neo Geo Pocket or uh, Lynx yet. I mean, honestly... Lynx games on this are going to look amazing, yep. I think, to me. I think so, too. Everything has looked amazing so um, far. I don't, like, I'm not a big, Ian's a big Game Boy guy. I will use this as my Turbo Express. It'll be the Turbo. It's worth too much money and it's too fragile to use an a- actual Turbo Express. Sure. They're too rare. It's not like, a, yeah, you can play a Game Boy, uh, you know, Pocket or get an SP. You don't want to be chucking around a Turbo Express. They're worth hundreds of dollars. You know what I mean? Like, so this is, w- this is what we want. This is what we've been asking for. You know, into a segment of the review that I'm not as keen on uh, the doc. Okay, I'll get the doc out. We, we have to have a caveat though. The, the the doc is like doesn't have all the features on it yet. It's supposed to be next year. Have all no, the features. It, 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 it only needs to have one feature right now. That's what it was sold to me on. Um, sure. So the doc, uh, hook your analog pocket up to your TV. It's sleek looking. Um, it is also frustratingly minimal there is one fucking button on the thing and it doesn't tell you what it is either i thought that was like a, it's a, a power button a sync button it's a power button okay uh as of yet i still have not played anything on my tv using the dock hate to say it it's the truth um, i followed the update instructions exactly i pulled my hair out for two hours trying to get this thing working um got it to update after it updated, it never once again showed me a picture on the TV screen. I unplugged things, plugged them back in, uh, tried again, got nothing after my update. Let everything, unplugged everything. Okay. Walked away for 45 minutes. Went back to it one more time. All of a sudden, I started getting a picture on the screen again. So you don't know what you did or what happened. It, I literally it was... unplugged everything for the like the third or fourth time and plugged it back in. Okay. And suddenly... I got a picture on the screen. Okay. Uh, but then comes the problem of pairing a controller. Uh, please bear in mind that they do say this, but they mean it. Uh, on the, As far as I can tell, on the website, this thing only works right now with 8-bit DOE controllers. And I have to say that uh, USB or wire or, or Bluetooth. You couldn't get a USB to work? No. Could not get. I When I plugged USB controllers into it, I got the flashing light to stay solid like it was recognizing it. But no buttons worked. Okay, so it sounds like then almost then the firmware in this is not close to being ready for commercial release. Well, I here's the thing. So they say it's ready for 
blue 8-bit Doe controllers. Okay. But here's where I, it gets more frustrating for me. I have an NES 8-bit Doe controller with four buttons, two shoulder buttons, a D-pad on it that was given to me brand new. Mm-hmm. I've never used it before. I unplug. I took it out, plugged it in. I did get that to sync. You did. Okay. However, only the buttons registered. The D-pad did not register. Okay. So uh, I don't. So unless the D-pad on that was broken, brand new, it wasn't registering the D-pad. Okay. For, well, just just as an aside, uh, my life in gaming did a very very thorough breakdown. Obviously, more than us about the visuals and the hardware. They did look at the dock. They did look like they did get it to work. Uh, so they didn't have the issues that we did. But obviously, they, they, they had more. But I'll just say this: if it was working, they, you can have it in 480p, 720p, 1080p, 60 or 50. If you're going for a, a, a I guess like a PAL uh, TV, so like there are, they got it working. So we just couldn't. For this here, point. Here, couldn't. Here, here's the deal: I don't. I'm not going to trash. If 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 I get mine. Get it to update, and it works, and I'm enjoying it. I'm going to like it. However, I'm not going to lie and say it was an easy thing to set up. Sure. I have not, and I'm not, as far as I know, I am not the only person who has had issues with it updating. Um, the other thing was I tried to get the M30 8-bit Doe controller to hook up. And this is kind of an 8-bit Doe problem. The M30 has a Bluetooth and a 2.4 gigahertz version. They don't specify that. It's still called the M30 no matter what. Okay. The 2.4 gigahertz version will only work with the analog uh, Mega SG and the actual system. The Bluetooth M30 would. I spent 20 minutes trying to figure out why this 8-bit DOE controller would not hook up to the dock. That's a personal thing, but, like, it was just, it was very, very frustrating. So... It's not like out of the box ready to go. No, because you have. To, it says you have to update it. It's it's not. I'd say for me, it was not a plug and play thing. It wasn't plug and play. The, no. the pocket's a plug and play. The, the pocket is a beautiful, wonderful thing. The dock is going to end up being a necessity that I think they are going to fix. But I'm not super jazzed on how. On my experience, it's almost. With it. I'd say it's almost too early. That's what that's what the, my life and uh, gaming guy said. We well, should really come back to this and give it a better review once the firmware is updated to see because right now it doesn't have all the features right. on it. So no. it's like it was a pain. So the hardware is done. The firmware's got to get up to up to speed for that. Last couple of things, real quick. Okay. Um, there is a tempered glass screen protector that feels heavy duty. Um, the hard case I did not like uh, when I first touched it. I have grown to like the hard case. Okay. Um, I think it does a good job. Stays locked. It's hard. Feels nice. Feels strong. Um, like I said, the Game Gear adapter is real nice. Worked perfectly. No issues. Um, and they did send us some uh, test cables real quick. I did get into Nano Loop on there. Had a lot of they fun with it. They sent all three of the different cables. So I yeah. can I will at some point, and I'll probably talk about it maybe in a writing. Um, I will test out the um, pocket to analog. Uh, timing cable so i can actually hook that up to my analog synthesizers not analog the company uh they also have uh midi transfer cables that i can use on other synths yeah, that i have we're, so, not, we're not even talking about this like the game boy studios on this obviously it's too that early. i didn't touch at all yeah uh, as far as nano loop goes I, i'm still better at using lsdj but nano loop's a lot of fun spend some time learning it it's going to be a great thing to mess around with when you're bored and don't want to play a game and you're on a flight so once everyone has these in their hands as using the game boy studio we'll come back like next year and see like what cool games people have be sharing them and loading them on here so final uh pocket 10 thumbs up T- 10, 10 thumbs out of 10 10 thumbs up doc i'm i'm gonna have to wait and see it's it's almost like yeah the doc it's it's a little bit too early 
uh, on that. If it was a final product, it would be bad. But it's it's firmware updates. Well, it is it is yeah. final. I mean, they, they shipped it. <laughs> they shipped it in this state. Yes, it's going to get more updates. Well, but we, they, also, we often spend time on this podcast talking about how shitty one it is yes, when games updates, do this. Yeah, oh, yeah, but that's just the reality. It is, yeah. but I'm not going to not call them out for it. No, sure. I, I, I would give them more of a pass on, a, game, on, on a, a hardware versus a game because it's so hard to get the hardware developed you know, at this point. So it's like they got to get it developed on the ship. Get give it me here. a button, a menu, something that I can access without putting that on. That Something that I can click that says install the firmware. It was... It is, as I said, frustratingly minimal, and I get that some people get off on that. Okay. But give me a couple buttons. Give me a menu so I can try to wrap so my the firmware, head around what's going firmware on. Firmware update this was easier, even though... Super easy. Yeah. You just, put easy. The, just I, pop the card in, turn it on, and put it Put the SD card in, and it updates. That's no. fine for something like this. It's not for that. I want a button. I want something to click on that says update, because too much can go wrong. I don't want to brick that thing. But You like, almost want them to set their own server-side thing to, to, to put it to the computer to like download it. Literally, give me something on the screen that says update now, instead of just automatically doing that. And it just pulls it from think, the internet. Because I think if people have problems, if they have problems with pictures going to their TV, if anyone has the issue that they're having that I had, you rip this thing out in the middle of an update, or... You don't know what can happen sure. to it. You can screw it up. Okay. Well, maybe you know we'll come back in uh, whenever, like February or whatever, when there's an updated firmware and give you more thoughts on that. But no, I, I think it's an outstanding... The system? Uh, Absolutely. The pocket's no. outstanding. It's, I think it might have exceeded expectations. We it all exceeded had, mine. We all had high expectations for this, but I think the, the build quality alone, I'm like, this is the first handhold thing Analog's done, obviously. And I'm like... No, it, ex- it exceeded mine. I had gotten into a... Uh, it, wasn't an, it wasn't anything that Analog did, but I was just like, have I hyped this up too much in my head? No. But no, it's great. And this is even before, like I said, the other few consoles aren't even on this yet. Yeah. Like, at that point... Well, I mean, it's got a second FPGA. Eventually, all consoles are going to be on it. That's the point of it. All, all, all consoles that FPGAs are currently doing. That's why people are excited about it. That's why people are excited about the OS. Gotta keep saying that to you. It's going to get everything. I'm getting television games on it's this? It's going to get SNES. It's going to get NES. That thing is going to play everything up until probably uh, the start of the you know, 2002 and 64-bit era. Sure. Yeah, it'll, it'll it'll cover all the retro stuff from Super Nintendo Genesis on down. It'll do it. And I bet you it'll be able to do some arcade stuff, too. I can play Carnival and ColecoVision on this? This would be great. Get me a CPS2 emulator on that. All right, well, Core. thanks again, Analog, for the review copy. We'll, we'll hopefully see you uh, maybe later next year with the, with the duo. We'll see when, when the duo we'll comes see. out. All right, Ian? Yep. Um, NFTs. So non-fungible tokens. We're sitting around last night trying to think of another topic and uh, pull, pull the podcast curtain pulling back. the curtains back. And I'm looking at this and like I had been keeping my eye on it all weekend to see if it was going to make a topic. But between uh, Ubisoft Quartz and some famous game developers getting into this, we really decided that it was time to talk about NFTs. And I didn't realize this was happening. He was like, "Hey, Pat, you see this?" And I'm like, "What just happened over the weekend?" I, I saw the Ubisoft announcement, but the other ones I didn't. Okay, we'll so get into this. This is uh, I. I NFTs are dog shit. Fuck off with your NFTs. Ubisoft Quartz. Quartz was going to be uh, Ubisoft's, might still be, first foray into NFTs. I believe they said they were going to do three of them. uh, Three different types. I don't know how many of each NFT they were going to mint. uh, For Ghost Recon, one of them. And they put out the video for it. And within 24 hours, I think the video had been taken down. Um, even though YouTube has gotten rid of the uh, dislike count, there are still ways you can find out. Uh, yeah, I didn't see this video that was yeah, taken down. It was like a minute. and it, The video's not important, honestly. Sure. Um, Quartz.ubisoft.com. 
So they took the video down uh, because the video had right. amassed a 90% or 95% something like dislike ratio to likes. It had thousands upon thousands. So the dislikes were visible on this video. No, people. They looked behind the scenes. They looked behind the scenes. They unlisted it. I, I'm on it now. They, yeah. they did unlist it. So they unlisted it. Okay. I'm, I'm watching it right now. Because the backlash is this. This goes into what we were talking about in the intro. NFTs aren't wildly popular. In fact, they're incredibly unpopular. NFTs are a click, and they defend themselves. But if you look online, yeah. if you look in the comments of people who are announcing NFTs, the backlash is it's almost universally negative, like very, very negative. However, they left the comments on at least. There are people who are you know generating money for companies doing this. So companies are going to do it until the, 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 the money goes away. They're, yes. they're, they're weathering the backlash. Despite the fact that I would say 85% of people have no interest in this shit. It gets, you have the few rooms that buy into it. You have the 15% that are unfortunately wailing this with money right now. Because it, it, to them, it's their, it's their form of get rich quick. Right. Um, so they took it down. But yeah, they're, I think we're going to continue to see this in major games because it's going to make... The money and they are going to bleed it dry so much so that unfortunately two uh fairly well-known sometimes uh, well-loved can we talk about what what they're actually doing oh, first on this yeah yeah um so with these with these ubisoft dropped items and guns and things like that so they're cosmetic they specify that it's cosmetic only but the advantage with the blockchain, this is why you're going to be wasting energy and getting people to buy in. You can track the specific cosmetic item or gun from player to player so they can be individually numbered. So you can be like, oh, I got the famous gun that this person used, Ian, or this one. I can just picture the giveaways now from the influencers and people in these games. You can get my gun and bid it up like it's disgusting. This is the only thing that NFT does is that you can trace a specific item to, from person to yes. person. And that's how they're trying to probably build the marketplace around this. The problem with that <laughs> is, as many people have said, and as anyone with an ounce of fucking brain power knows, you don't need the blockchain to do that. You just have to set up a fucking database and track it. So but they, blockchain is NFT, the trendy word right now. Yeah, so I, that's what people are jumping on. A certain you, CEO of a video game company says their games are NFTs just because it's trendy. You don't need NFTs or the blockchain to do any of this. Nothing the blockchain is doing is special. All the talk about the decentralization, your blockchain is hosted somewhere. Mm -hmm. It's a fucking sham. But they're going to attract some people. Maybe not a lot, but they're going to attract some. They're going to get influencers involved to do their own stuff with this shit. And like I said, it's going to build a potential marketplace, Ian, because now you're going to have people going like, like the same thing they did with the go back to the NBA cards with the serial number stuff. Mm. Hey, Ian, we both have the same weapon, but mine is like number one to 100. Yours is like. 10,000. I'm so a record collector. I'm well aware of this. But the lower we, number on a numbered release is going to get fuck, more. It means fuck all, especially if it's a digital item versus at least a physical item you know was produced in an order. This is a digital item. Yeah. There's no production with it. Right. It means nothing. It means it means less than nothing. But they're going to try to market it like that. They're going to try to you're going to they're going to they're going to try to go. You can see the lineage of this item get passed around. But and tell so, you like, what, you, you and, think this is going to last forever. As soon as this game goes down or these servers are gone, your 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 NFT is fucked. Remember, 
the your NFT is not the item. Your NFT is essentially your receipt of purchase. It's your signature. It's your receipt of purchase that says you own this and it links to something else. If what it's linked to ever disappears or goes down like something like 70% of URLs eventually do within five years. Oh, really? Okay. It's gone. All you have is the receipt of purchase. That's like being excited that you bought like bread. Someone punched you in the face and took the bread, but you're like, I still got the receipt of purchase. Well, I want to read some of the comments, the top comments from the delisted video. Imagine if Ubisoft actually put some thought on making games that people like instead of aimlessly trying to print money. This is ridiculous. These corporations are becoming fully unhinged with their anti-consumer practices. That Now that YouTube has taken away one of the only voices we have on this platform, expect to see this happen more and more. I mean, the down votes. Um, uh, real quick, I just uh, want to say that removing the down votes, fucking miserable. I have to go through like five or six crochet fucking tutorials now to find one that, that's actually worth a damn. Uh, the day Ubisoft decided they might as well go full evil. That was from Far From Subtle, folks. Um, I think I met once in, in Canada, way back. Um, Ubisoft once again giving us something we didn't ask for, don't want, and won't enjoy. I think that's the uh, biggest... That's, that's what, that's, that, that was the comment I saw that I really that's like. That's the biggest thing. We're in sync here, Ian. That's the comment that... And, and the thought about NFTs to me that really spells doom for it as a whole. No one said, hey, we need to have NFTs for our game. No... No one before this announcement said, like, this will be a good idea. No one. It's people in a boardroom saying, hey, NFTs are hot. We can make money. Let's fucking do it. I know a lot of digital artists who this is supposed to be for. That was the original point of NFTs who are like, no, this is dog shit. I never asked for this. Yeah. I sell commissions. Like, I just sell commissions. There's no reason to have the shit on the blockchain. None. Reselling the receipt. I can think of that's what you're doing. I can think of certain uh, instances where you could do this, but again, this could all be done with databases in different ways. They're trying. The blockchain to, is well, not as bulletproof as people think. What what they what they try it can to go do, away. What they try to do with NFTs is make you think that this is like a physical item. They're trying yes. to match it to a physical item in reality that you pass from one person to another like that. That's what they're trying to psychologically imprint on people, and most people are like, "This is bullshit." But then you always have the people on Twitter, they had like the hardened people like, no, you don't get it, man. No, I get it. We get it. We just think it's fucking stupid. And we see through it as a money, uh, money grubbing scheme and a pyramid scheme, in essence, when it comes to how these NFTs are bought and sold. It's who's who's the idiot stuck with left with the bag. Basically, there's a musician artist that I follow online. And if he listens, I'm, I'm sorry, I like you, but I had to stop following him um, because w- I, I love the music. I love the GIF art that they were doing. <laughs> like they were doing like animated GIF art, which sure. before the NFT thing, which is essentially what most NFTs are. Mm-hmm. And I love it. I mean, it was really good stuff. But and when NFT came out, this person said, oh, I'm not really into this NFT thing. I'm not going to do it. Then they found out that there was money in it. And literally their entire <laughs> timeline just turned into NFTs, NFTs, I- NFTs, NFTs. And, and it's like, I, I kept following them for a long time because I liked <clears throat> the art. Like, I, I still looked yeah. at the art. They were a good artist. But like, it, it stopped, it, it devolved into them bitching about uh, having to mint things and gas fees and people not buying these limited editions. And I'm like, I'm sorry, man, this has completely fucking poisoned you. Like, I can't can't do this I anymore. Feel, I feel bad. Obviously, when you're talking about an artisan level... I want artists I, to make money, but like I know so many who are like, I, this is not the way. I'm not going to get an anthropological sort of discussion about this. But obviously, art is a non-essential. It's the highest one up in terms of your life needs. I understand it's hard to make money. Artists, it's, traditionally, it's the hardest thing to do is make money as an artist. However, I think when you go down this route as 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 
your bread and butter, the NFT thing, I think you do yourself some form of disservice because I think on some level, the only reason people want the art is because it's an NFT. Right. They don't care about the art itself. Well, that's the thing. This guy's they gotten, don't care. This guy has gotten popular, but I, that's the thing. Like, I think his art is great. I just don't, you're not blowing up because of the art. You're, otherwise you would have because you're prolific. You're blowing up because it's an NFT that people can purchase. It's, it's, yeah, it's weird. It's almost like, why didn't they buy it before? Because they because the NFT wasn't attached and they couldn't buy and sell it. And try well, to that's the money thing. People act like this is the first time you've ever been able to buy digital art. Fucking commission something. Yeah. And, and commission something you want. Yeah. And if you don't want something specific, just tell, patron, patronize, patronize the artist. Give the artist money and say, hey, I want I, you to make a piece of art with this money. I, I sympathize it because I know it's it's a lot easier to do NFTs versus like, you know, uh, printing printing prints and shipping them out to people which is what they're trying to think what nfts are like having like a, a print that's like numbered or whatever with, with like a signature on it i get that but i think your this backlash has only started with nfts this is not the end i think we're going to go down this road where it's going to be in, not right now if if i talk to someone that's an nft collector i'm going to think you're a fucking lunatic at some point i'm going to be like you are certifiable yeah. you're that or your 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 mind is so set on how do I make money off of this where you don't care? I'm not even talking about how, uh, the energy shit. Like, the energy shit, I'm, I'm tired of talking about it. This shit uses so much energy, the blockchain stuff. And even if they say this is going to be energy efficient, you're still using energy to do this shit that you wouldn't have to have done. It's a completely non-essential part of yes. the equation. You don't, again, again, well-made, tracked, and maintained databases would do everything that the blockchain is doing. And it's not a small amount of energy. Well, you, can, you can go in and you can change the database. You can't change the block. I, I don't care. This isn't like this isn't like running a toaster for like ten seconds. The amount of energy this stuff takes. This and we've seen plenty amount. of people. We've seen uh, plenty of blockchain heists and crypto heists. It's not like this is as secure as people want you to think it is. It's not as decentralized as people want you to think it is. It's not as secure. And you own dog shit. <laughs> You don't talk shit. So let's talk about the, the, I guess what was, I guess more frustrating to you wasn't that the fact that Ubisoft was doing it, but, uh, you know, look, I don't give much of a shit about Peter Molyneux. He annoys me. Peter Molyneux is, uh, part, he's getting, I think it's like a hundred million, uh, fund to start, uh, making some blockchain gaming. But more upsetting to me was Will Wright. Will fucking Wright. SimCity's Will Wright. Um, Good guy, Will. Is, uh, into nft and not recently he already has a game out i believe it's called proxy and it's part of these um these new games are being called and they're they're already coming out i have no idea if any of them are fun they all look i i can't figure out what the fuck you're supposed to be doing in these games um they're called play to earn and oh as someone pointed out oh the other day on twitter if play to earn is just a really weird gross way of saying work it's work you are working, and you are not even working for yourself. Sure, you might get an NFT out of this if you put 100 hours into a game, but you're working for other people for nothing. Oh, Ubisoft has one where you need to work, what was I saw, 600, 600 hours? 600 hours, yeah. For, to get one in, for Ghost Recon? So we're, we, we've crossed this bridge, and you're going to say, yeah, Pat, people have grinded MMORPGs for items and done like that and set up farms. That wasn't the feature of the game. That was like a bug of like of the items that you have well, to. I would say it's a feature, but but, it, but the end result is to beat the game that you're playing and enjoying, not to yes. get something that you can sell for money. But uh, people do sell them. But but yes, that no, was, like, like they well they do. But it, it but it's, that it's wasn't not the, but that wasn't the reason you played the game. Yes, they're making games now where the inherent reason you play the game is to get something that could be worth something. Right. 
that's what's gross about this. Yeah. They're trying to create a, the game is basically trying to create its own economy. It's gambling with your time, too. Yeah, I guess so. Especially if you're not sure which one you're going to get. If they, if they, no, that that's exactly enough. what it is. You're, you're not oh. spending money, but you're spending your limited man hours on this earth. <laughs> fucking trying to get a non-touchable picture a, of a, a monkey sucking a, a dick. A token. You're getting a dick. I don't know token. what they do, but like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's awful. It's, um, it's a perversion of tech that... Where it's almost like, could they have done this 10 years ago with something else? Jurassic Park, just because you could doesn't mean you should. Thank thank you, Jeff Goldblum. You can keep your shirt on button, Jeff Goldblum. You're allowed to. Um, it's, it's interesting. I wonder if someone like Will Wright... Mad. I wonder if someone like Will Wright is almost as like... They're so out of me. No, people have said that people who know him, this is actually pretty much par for the course. Okay. I was giving him the benefit of the doubt. He's a guy who's just like, okay. No, I think I was I was too because he made so many great games we all loved. But I, I from what I've heard, this is fairly par for the course. It's it's sad then. Yeah. Was was the one I saw about was this the one or, or the or the Molyneux one? It was like like you like there's like land involved with the oh, land value. I was talking up. about that. So I think that's how Holy a lot of this shit. stuff works. But there is a Walking Dead NFT game being oh made now, God. where the whole point is over this virtual land ownership and oh people God. who play on your land, people who play on your land generate you money. So mm. you are you are you buy this land, land you need to buy you need to buy attractive virtual land and then you need to set up your virtual land in a way to attract players and enemies they even say this so you're spending more money and then people who play on your land will generate money and items and stuff for it's it's you become it, a, a virtual slumlord it's gross a, a, nft slumlord it's just like the sleaziest like end case of video gaming it's awful Oh, play these Is things it, that look like what, video games, but you're actually late, making money for people in the background. Late, like, late stage video game capitalism? Is that where we're at with this shit? It happened so quickly. It's we, gross. We, well, I, and that's the other thing, how did, quickly this I just, I just learned about NFTs in like February. I learned about them. They haven't been along, around that long. <laughs> it's been less than a year. And it feels like it's been a decade with this shit. Mm-hmm. Hasn't it felt like forever? It has. All, all the NFT stuff, like, like, like Kevin Smith sold the, the distribution rights to one of his movies as an NFT. Alicia got something with it, but like it was an NFT, for example. Like all this stuff has been has been happening this past year. It's been nuts. Again, the problem with doing Atari something like ones, that, uh, yeah. the Atari, like the Atari did the one with um, all the little tokens, with the uh, the the, uh, the, the, the the actual signed um, cabinet that came with the sure. there was one centipede one is when you do that you're also not letting nfts stand on their own oh sure so it's it hard to, it's hard to judge the value of the nft because in that instance someone wanted a signed centipede cabinet. yes and the instance of the kevin smith thing someone wanted the movie rights you didn't need the nft yes. it's just to generate fucking it was buzz. useless buzz it was buzz uh, you know like i don't I, I didn't look up the distribution rights but some someone a regular distribution house is going to get the rights to that right it's not going to be me or you. It's going to be someone's going to put the money to get it. Oh, there's an NFT attached. So you learn about it. It's in the news. Otherwise, you might not learn about it in the news. Exactly. That's not, that's not something against Kevin Smith when it comes to that. But like, it's become almost so transparent as it's a marketing ploy in and of itself. The NFT, like I said, it's a buzzword. It's a buzzword. Yeah. Our games are in, all our games are NFTs. Ian it got it got our attention. Sure. Whether or not that's true or not, it got our attention. We spoke about it. Yeah. Because we want to see how outlandish it is. So, I don't know. 
like, uh, will there be enough pushback or even because there's going to be people that people that buy into these ecosystems. There'll be people that buy into these 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 ecosystems like for like, oh, I get the gun Ian that some some famous YouTuber had or I get the gun that we passed along that got like 100 kills in this and this esports. You know what I mean? Like you can see how it gets perverted. And so that the, but they're all cosmetic, though. It doesn't mean that doesn't help you win the game or get better, which would be gross in and of itself, too. But uh, for, for that stuff, I don't know when there'll be a tipping point where the backlash will even outlast whatever money the companies make doing it. But I have to imagine at some point they'll say it won't be worth it. Yeah. Hopefully. 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 Yep. There'll be enough people that say, you know what? Fuck you, uh, Ubisoft. I won't be buying your games anymore. They'll see a downtrend in their sales where they'll be like, okay, this NFT stuff obviously is bad PR. Ubisoft, I mean, just looks... Uh, I can't think of a company that looks fucking... I mean, well, Activision Blizzard, but outside of Activision Blizzard, it definitely goes... It's amazing that EA, to me, of the big are three... Clean. Activision... <laughs> no, they're not clean. I don't ever they're, want to say that. Cleaner. We don't know what's going on there. But, like, Activision Blizzard is fucking miserable. Uh, Ubisoft <laughs> is miserable for a lot of the same reasons... Plus NFTs, so yeah. maybe they. I, I yeah, it's they're one A one B. It's so and bad. EA's just and EA always has their trading card packs. And oh, stuff, but they're bad. But I'm just saying, but at like, least not NFTs. They've managed like it's just with the way the shitstorm of news has come this past month for the big three video game companies, because, uh, the big three third parties. <laughs> EA is just like because EA's traditionally been voted like the worst company to work for uh, online. You know, it's online pulls it doesn't mean anything, but it, it won't be EA this year. That's for sure. They'll get a respite this year. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> So, yeah, that's that. Uh, Ian, we have a Patreon, don't we? Patreon.com slash podcast. What do you do there, Ian? Yo, you put some money in, you get some stuff out. You get a, you get a full video podcast, and you get a hangout once get, a month. You get an exclusive podcast, and this time it's recorded on an iPhone uh, be, because our power, power was out, out, and we were scrambling because I've got a job, Pat's got stuff. I, I got to edit what you see right now yep. <laughs> and upload it. <laughs> we, we both got a lot of stuff to do. We, we needed to make fast, fast quick moves. Oh, um, uh, we also do these polls. Do these polls in second place, you guys. It's it's now it's, it's on purpose now. Uh, this is a mob. This is dem- democracy has become a mob. Are sealed game collectors being mistreated? Only forty percent. <laughs> and in first place, worst eight bit and sixteen bit arcade ports on the tail end of our conversation last week on best 8-bit and 16-bit arcade ports. I have a feeling this will be a lot easier to come up with. With um, It is. And I've got two right off the top of the bat that I want to mention. One that's going to make you mad, but I'm going to bring Uh-oh. it up all the same. Um, but for, first of all, uh, the, the first one that comes to mind for me, and it was really thrown into sharp relief after I was able to get the wonderful SNK 40th anniversary collection that our friends at, I believe, Digital Eclipse did. Um, Akari Warriors. Oh, why would I be pissed by that? The, no, the that's NES? not the one that I'm thinking. Oh, the NES game is, is not good. The NES game is in... The, the, the arcade game is a shitload of fun. I fucking love the arcade game. It's so good. Okay. The NES game is slow. Um, the characters move slow. Uh, there is far more bullets coming at you than you can really ever, like, figure out. Well, you can't strafe in the NES game. You can't strafe. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. Even the sequel to the NES, they put in strafing. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, it's impossible to aim. Um, it's also just, like I said, not a very fun game. Repetitive. The levels seem a lot longer. I don't know if they stretch the levels out to increase the at-home play value. Um Game's basically unbeatable without the ABBA. ABBA. Why do you think I would disagree with this? No, this is not the one. Okay, this is not the one. You're teasing me with this. This is not the one. Um, And then 
Uh, from okay. what I read, reading about uh, it actually through the great SNK 40th anniversary collection is that uh, they didn't get like any source code. They basically remade the game. Micronics. They're the ones who did the, the port of it. Yeah. They basically like just. Wow. Okay. It just from right. scratch. I'll, they just put it back together. So Micronics gets a little semi pass then. Well, okay. semi pass. I mean, they did it. But it, it, looks like, it looks like the game. Yeah. It has all the elements of the game in it doesn't look nearly as nice. I don't know why they had the circular. They, they still like said, okay, well, it's a rotary controller in the arcade. They, when you turn, it's not instant in the car wars. That's the biggest problem with that game. If they made it like Commando, it would be so much more playable. Yes. Where if I hit up and then right, it goes up and right. This game, it doesn't. You see the guy waddle and turn as if you're twisting the controller, the rotary controller in the arcade. It's it's insane. There's no other NES game, I think, like that, where to, to turn around, like, you have to see the guy turn around slowly, and, and like, so you won't shoot instantly in the directions. It's unplayable yeah, it's for not, a lot of it. Not a good game. Um, I would love to see a no-death run of Ikari Warriors. I, I said I saw the Ninja Turtle ones a few Ninja Turtle ones a few weeks ago. The no, no hit run. I want to see a no-death run of Ikari Warriors. I, I'd love to see it. Sorry. Uh, I, I, I hate the Final Fight port on Super Nintendo. Hate it. Is, I it, is it the worst one? That I we don't have? like it. Is it um, the worst? Uh, it's not good. And I, it, it, it was a game that I sold at Luna a lot that people would come back and exchange because they swore they remembered it being two players. And they were like, this is garbage. And they would bring it back. This is my argument. Okay, so this is the problem with it. Obviously, it's not the complete game. They, they, they took out a level. Took it, out a level, took out a character, no two-player, and uh, four, two, to three char- two to three enemies on screen per time. Three enemies max, so four characters on yeah. screen at the same time. There's limitations. Um, okay, it's an early Super Nintendo game. It's early. If it came out three years later, it would probably have been the arcade version, because Final Fantasy, would have Final, been Fantasy Final Fight 2 and 3 are both good, great games. Yes. You know, so it's almost like it was a victim of its own circumstance of when it came out i'm shocked they didn't do like a re-release for a game like that i would have bought if i i didn't buy it as a kid because my friend joey had it and i didn't like the fact that my favorite player wasn't in it and it didn't have two players i didn't think it was a horrible game it was still amazing to see it as a as an 11 year old on the super nintendo it was still amazing as a purely graphics piece it's nice to see especially at the start of the super nintendo that yes this is achievable but it really ends up to me it feels like a tech demo it does not feel like a game it's a game which just isn't the one you like. I understand that. It wasn't the one I played at Ground Round. Yes. The, one of the first 50 cent games I ever saw. It was, it was, like, it was yeah. disappointing when my friend down the street ended up getting it. And I went over there and I'm like, I don't even want to look at this. I just think it's stupid that when they came out with the fi- uh, fi- Final Fight guy, they still didn't have three players on it. They had to take out Cody for it. It's like you couldn't put in more memory and, and re- they didn't. Well, I think that's the big issue. The Final Fight guy thing me- pisses me off because I don't know when that came out. But it, 94, I think. It was a few years later, I believe. They co- I feel like they I'll totally could have had all three Final in there. Fight guy. I think it was a few years later. It wasn't right away. Sure. Yeah, uh, I, I'm fairly certain it was a few years later. And so if that's the case, I feel like at that point, the tech would have probably advanced to the point where they might have been able to do that. I, I, I don't know. I only got Final Fight guy. I, I I don't think it was okay. It came out in Japan a lot sooner. That's why it came out in Japan in '92. Okay, so so maybe that's, that's why. why. So maybe they still hadn't figured. it out. I thought it yet. was way after that for the for the uh, Super Nintendo. No, for the longest time I it's, thought it, it's almost like I don't have a book behind me to tell me. But it's all but Pac Man's on top of them. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'll look at I'll look at my Moby games before a fucking Atari shuts it down. All right. Any, any other ones in the top of the head? I can just run through any. Uh, I mean, go through. Obviously, there's tons on the. Uh, NES, those and, are the two that I wanted to bring up. Another micro, uh, micro- Micronics. Micronics. Uh, Ghosts and Goblins is miserable. 
Yeah, it's uh, the Sonic the arcade game is as easy as a cakewalk, but like the the NES game is miserable. The flickering, the, all that stuff in the Micronics port of it makes it even harder. Um, but I played, I've played, I've beaten Loop One of that. I've never beaten Loop Two. Um, but yeah, it's you, not you. You beat it on the NES Loop One. Okay, the game takes. You have know, to beat so, it I twice. I, I can't do that. I'm, so, I'm just surprised you're, you. Back in the day, I played games a lot more. And was, you're not a twitchy player. That's like a little bit better. I think Adam. I think I can get to the third stage. No, it was it was like Contra. You play. I mean, it's not as uniform as Contra, but any game you play enough, you'll start to you know figure out a pattern. Figure out a pattern. Um, I, I couldn't fucking do it today. <laughs> I couldn't make it past the third level today. Probably. Uh, I was gonna say I was disappointed. I was probably too harsh. And Operation Wolf on the NES. It's a strange. You can't do it. You can oh, the control. You can't do it with a zapper because the zapper's yes. not not. It's one clicks and you go nuts doing right. it. With the controller, it's not bad. You just can't do that game. It's it's. I shouldn't be harsh on it. It's impressive for what it is on the NES Operation Wolf. It it it, it could be a lot worse. It could be a lot worse. It, it it could, but my thing with this is where you want to give them credit where it's yeah. due, and I get it. It's just a game that should not have been ported because it doesn't play properly. <sighs> Yeah, that, that's true. That's true when it comes to that. Like, uh, they did their best, but their best is still not fun. Is Final Fight Guy not, not on Moby Games? I can't find it for some reason. I just see Final Fight. Oh, that's going to be on your Final Fight. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll, look, I'll look under there. Um, how about how about we, we go to that? Any on the Genesis that you're just like, this is just n- miserable uh, th- to play this? Okay, I got one. Um, and the Genesis is actually decent. On the Super Nintendo, it's one of the worst games on the, on the console. Pit Fighter. It's I, I I know you don't like the arcade game. I enjoy. I, I don't think it's good in any way, shape, or form. So yeah, Pit Fighter to me, we've always disagreed on this. Pit Fighter is a I think a fun arcade game. It did well in the arcades. People liked it when it came out. And back in was it ninety two, the Super Nintendo port on that game is almost like they had a week to do it. It feels like they had a week and a half to throw something together. It's that fucking bad. And even the Genesis one is is resembles the arcade. The Super Nintendo one doesn't resemble the arcade at all. It's, I mean, it's a horrifying game. I can't it. It's, it's one of the only half-star games in the, in the Super Nintendo library that, that I get. Like, it, it's miserable, that fucking game. If you want another not-great port that kind of falls this into This isn't not-great. This was miserable. miserable. Yeah. Um, it's not... It's one of those... It's, where It's like admirable that you tried, but you just shouldn't have Street Fighter Alpha 2 on the Super Nintendo. I, I, I'm not familiar with that one. Is it's it, just... Just can't get the job done. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's just it's not. It can't, you can't do it. It's, it's, even with, it, it, even with it's the extra a, chip stuff. Yeah, it's it's a remarkable a- effort, but it's just it's not there. It's not there. So all right, those are the ones that uh, yeah. I, I, think I, I, I obviously there's more. Mortal Kombat on the Super Nintendo. We'll say was super uh, miserable. Com- um, also, not great on the NES uh, or on the uh, Genesis. In retrospect, the very small sprites. Not as okay. I didn't give it a, a point a half star review. I think I gave it a, a star and a half or two in the Super Nintendo because for what's there, it's the graphics are fine. The problem with that game, not even the fatalities, get the fatalities and blood out of it. It controls clunky. Yeah. Like, they didn't get the controls right for some reason. No, it, it, Mortal it's, Kombat is a game that feels snappy and fast, yes. and it does not feel snappy and fast it's on the Super. Hard, it shouldn't be hard for me to do Scorpion's move. On a, you know what I mean? I play it in the arcade. Like uh, It's easier to do it on a joystick in the arcade than it is on the NES uh, Super Nintendo pad. That doesn't make any sense. But that's the truth. Um, and so they just did a bad job with it. And people talk about the fatalities. I don't even care about that. I want a game I can play well. And it doesn't play well outside of it. And the Genesis 1 plays a lot better. 
doesn't look great, but it plays it plays fine. Um, has the blood? Yeah, it's it's, Which, it's certainly a better port. And what we didn't bring, which was amazing, because we didn't bring up one of the best ports ever, was was Mortal Kombat Two on the Super Nintendo. It was amazing. It's good it, on the Genesis too. They did a good job on in both comparison. With that it's with amazing. Yeah. Like when that came out, we're like, holy shit, this is the arcade game. We're not fucking yeah. around with the original anymore. Now, for the time, um, the Mortal Kombat Two arcade port was impressive to see. Oh my god, graphically everything, the way they packed everything in there. All right. Uh, Okay, no, no, I'm not as familiar with the Genesis as you. Oh, I've got one that I want to bring up, and this is the last one I want to bring up. Burger Time on the NES is fucking dog shit. Thank you for admitting it, Ian. Because whenever we play it every year, I'm like, this is not fun, this is not good. I love Burger Time, but like, I'll, I, I actually um, sat there and played the arcade version next to the NES version. I was like, okay, never mind. This game sucks. It's just it's just a weird, weird uh, version it of it. It doesn't feel right. It's It feels 100% oh, controls off. It just feels oh, weird. I'm not yes. a big Burger Time guy. Um, I didn't bring up that. I should have brought up last week that Paperboy is a really good port of the arcade game on the yeah, NES. Sure, is. the colors are muted, but like it has the elements yeah. you want in that in that game there. Uh, and, uh, like I said, I can go through more NES ones, but that's almost like it's low hanging fruit because it's the NES. I mean, it's like it's like almost talking about bad Atari arcade ports. Right, right, right. Maybe like a, a bunch of them couldn't get the job done. Well, a little bit simpler times there. Well, uh, I mean, you'll notice I'm 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 showing some leeway. Like one that I personally right, don't I like one. at all. I, I don't one. like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two arcade. I was going to say that, Ian. I don't Ian, like I was gonna it. Say that. Lots of people do. Oh though. my god, that's what I was going to say. I don't. I hate it. I was going to say that. How do I always forget that? It I don't, feels stiff. I don't like the extra levels at all. You did not need to add anything extra to that game. This is like. How, probably how I you probably sh- I should think about Final Fight on Super Nintendo, but I give Final Fight more leeway because. But the fact that that game doesn't feel at all like the arcade game, I don't care that it controls horribly. It does compared to the arcade. And game. it wasn't until maybe um, ten years ago that I really realized it because I got really into the Turtles arcade game again. And I started emulating it and playing it a lot. And then when we started doing the. Um, the marathons. When we started doing started marathons, I started, well, I started playing it more. I'm like, this is it. it it's it was amazing the graphics they got out of it. That's what it, kids it, like. It does graphics. not play well. No, this is why because because in that game it's one hit at a time and pause. Like you can hit him if you swing again. There's it won't no hit combo. Him. There's no combos. Every other fighting game on the NES has beat em up. fucking com- yeah. uh, beat em ups. Have combos. Double Dragon did it well. I'm not saying it, it had to be so smooth and you throw the guy at the arcade with your weapons. I get that. That would have been hard to, to pull off. It's clunky. It's not fun. If you go from the arcade to the port, you'll get your ass kicked. You have to like relearn how to play. I shouldn't have to relearn how to play a beat em up. And to play the game, like I said, and I, I'm one of the people who does this. I, I Double Dragon's this a better port, and that's not a great port on the NES to me. I like it better than the arcade version. Oh my god! Okay, back to what we agree on. Um, <laughs> so, uh, what was I going to say? Should, 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 Ninja Turtles clunky throws, beat him up. No, we Raphael just... loves you. Oh, um, stop! Games don't need extra filler. More often than not, when arcade ports or video games get extra stuff added, it feels rushed and it feels stupid. And Turtles has a couple of ad- added levels that suck. So I, I never even played the game into it that far because I never liked it. I think it's got an added like hoverboard like segment that, and then there's like something there's else that's do- supposedly not in the actual the, uh, arcade game. The dojo scene is there, or was that in the three? No, the, no it's the dojo I scene. I can't remember. But anyways, there's yeah. a couple extra. TMNT two on the NES, not great. It's it's good for an NES game, not as it's an a arcade bad port. That's that's the thing. Good for an NES game, bad port. Worst port, well. Nothing, nothing as bad as Pit Fighter. That still ranks as like one of the worst games ever in the 16-bit era for for the Super Nintendo. 
Hey, right. Ian, we got uh, we got voicemails. We do. Don't we? Well, why don't you tell me a little about those, Patrick? Well, you can, well, we can go to anchor.fm slash to see your podcast, and you can uh, leave us a short voicemail. Hopefully, hopefully you like us. And um, wow, we're making time, even though we were delayed by 45 minutes or so. Here's the first one. Hey, guys, my name's Richard. I've been listening to you since about 2013. My completely unnecessary question for you is... What would you think about a movie, one could say a biography, of the great Tommy Tallarico, his <laughs> life, his goals, his accomplishments? All right, what do you think, Ian? Well, here's the thing. No. We know all his accomplishments because his website is just a fucking list of all his accomplishments. That's right. All, um, his, all his Guinness World Records, all, all, the, all the, the awards he got from the company he helped you know, found, you know, his, his, they're all there. So you don't have to. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would not watch a movie about his life. Depend, it would really depend on the slant and angle that it took. Sure. Oh, yes, we could. We might watch a movie one day. I have a yes. feeling about some of it. I have a feeling that we might watch some movie one day. Okay, uh, next one. What would you do for a flying car? What would you do for a flying car, Ian? Not much. I don't drive. You wouldn't drive a flying car? No, probably not. I'd be more more terrified for that. But if other people wanted a flying car, like say my wife, it would it would depend. I'd do a lot. I'd do a lot for. Oh. Whoops! I, dra- I dragged this on OBS, so we went off. We went off screen for a second there. Oh well. Hey Pat. Hey Ian. It's Fox Andrew. Oh, it is. Jersey here. Now I've been watching you guys for a long time now, from before when Ian couldn't be on the show for a while. Thank you, by the way, for getting better and saving Pat from looking like a lost puppy doing a one-man show on the boardwalk. You know, it's been a long time since I've been to any boardwalk down the shore here, and I'll tell you, the only tram car I'm watching out for is the caboose of the lady I'm in the DMs of. Oh! I'm getting off topic here. The point is, I've been listening a long time, and I kind of realized something recently. Was the Intellivision Amico always as much of a dumpster fire? Or did it start off interesting and just get worse over time? It's been so long, I honestly forgot if Tommy Tellis some BS was spewing it from day one. Freaking NFTs on a console. Guess that's what we need. To burn down an entire forest just so some douchebag number can confirm my numbers next in line. Or at least I think that's how it works. Listen, there's only one NFT I care about. Some nice freaking tip. Oh, Vox. <laughs> a little saucy there, Vox Andra. Uh, always nice to hear from you, Voxy. Um, Very saucy. Uh, the, the, to, to answer the question, though. Uh, did it start interesting? No, we were intrigued at first. It was. It, I mean, it, it, no, it did not start as a, as a fire, fire fire. It, I did not have high hopes for it at first. No. But I said, and I, and I, and I will admit no. I said it because it, people could go back. I felt like if there was a person who could at the time, because I did not know more, that it was probably Tommy Tallarico. Well, he has proven that that has been not true. What happened was is we did our initial thing. We got initial the pr- first few videos yeah, about it. We did uh, and we were we we hedged our bets. We held back. We were like maybe, um, but we got the price wrong. And and he was not happy that we he, that we weren't one hundred percent on board. That was what started. With, that's what happened. Tommy cannot, especially then. He's gotten a little bit better at it because otherwise he's going to get no positives directed well, to I him. I think they're telling him to shut up at this point. But um. If you if you were one hundred percent on board with the Amico early on, uh, he would get in your email box, which he did to me, and try to get an interview. He did that with, and a, after, did that with a lot of YouTubers. And after scheduling an interview with me twice, oh, and no show. I don't bring this up a lot. I don't. And, oh. and not, not he he scheduled once, and I need to reschedule. I said, okay, we can do this date. I said, hey, Tommy, I need to reschedule this date. He said, we can do this date. He said, I can't do this date. Get at me to reschedule. And I said, fuck off. I'm not, I'm not playing this game anymore. 
I, I don't need to know about the Intellivision Amico that what? bad. This is funny because I see someone out there uh, every once in a while in the comments for the Amico shit be like, oh, Tommy snubbed them. No, Tommy was fucking begging to get in my pants. I don't think he directly asked me for an interview. I wonder well, how that would have went down. Would you have just done it from your house and just no? It was him? it was basically I was going to talk to him and I was because okay. I talked to you about it. I was like, look, Tommy, I don't remember it because it was literally at Three the beginning. Years ago. Tommy was like, hey, I you know uh, this these things aren't so right, and he came at me with like, yeah, you want to get some insider info? And I was oh, like, not really. And then I told you, and you're like, well, it might be interesting, but just be aware that he's gonna you know shill. I'm like, oh, of course he's gonna just fucking do yeah. the dog and pony show. And I tried. I I tried to hear what he said, and he. A, I, I'm not going to chase after how, a person how, for an advertisement. How do you think it would have went if it actually happened? Would you have like pressed him on stuff, or just been like, "Okay, I it was too early." I would have. Or I, that sounds like crazy puffery at this point. That we'll see what. No, happens. that's what I. It was so early on that I would have expected puffery hey, that you and I would have probably been like, probably he not. You would have pulled out the Burger Time thing. Remember when Burger Time was supposed to be on this console as an early title? All the data east. Remember when this yeah. wasn't a, a console for kids and and, and and old people? It was a console that was going to have data east games and Jalico games yeah. and oh, uh, they got a new R type coming. The, a, a super 2D chip, the best 2D chip ever, the best 2D graphics you've ever seen. Why are you riling me up, Voxandra? I I, I I got a pair for that to do that because I, I like I like uh, eating like this. I'm all red and sweaty. What is up, Pat and Ian? This is Anthony, aka AP Greenness from Central Pennsylvania. And no, I do not have a friendlies nearby, and I've never been there, so I can't rub it in Pat's face. But I'll try to keep my time limited. Don't rub things in my face. I met you, Pat, at too many games in 2019. And if you figure out who I was, I kept bringing up Ian's fascinating adventures at Luna and questioning his sanity. Which Ian? How did you keep your sanity while working there? As I work retail now, and I want to know ways to deal with the stress and anger that it entails. Speaking as a fan, though, what are you guys' biggest pet peeves when it comes to fans meeting you? What do fans do to just get on your nerves? Which I hope I didn't do at too many games. And hey, Tommy, if you're listening to this, I'm a small content creator. So if you want more press about your love child of the future, I only got 795 subscribers. So come at me. What don't even think about trying to offer me a car ride. I'm too smart for that as I drive a fucking smart car. So let me know what you got. Okay, Anthony. Uh, the cadence. Uh, we got worn out from the cadence. Uh... How how did I not go insane? Uh, fatty foods, uh, a cigarette every two weeks, more booze than I should have drank, and a lot of marijuana. I don't recommend any of those methods. Don't do retail. Ian smokes a good over me sometimes. Hey, Pat Ian. This is Mike from California. Mike? A friend of mine had asked me if I had ever played this NES game, and I told him no, because it was rare and kind of expensive. And he told me, well, it's too bad because it's a really good game. So that got me kind of wondering, what would you say is a game out there or even games that you wish weren't rare or expensive so that more people could enjoy it? What uh, game? This could be NES or it could be any system. I was just curious to get your general thoughts. Any, I mean, any of them. But they like... did not specify what game it was that they were talking about. No, no I'm curious. Um, anyway, for me, my answer is actually when it comes to the really rare games that I think are fun to play, I actually think Little Samson's a lot of fun. I think it's a good game. I, I wish it wasn't as expensive as it was. All those IRM games. Um, the uh, that's not IRM. That's, that's Taito. That's what I'm sorry. I've been all the titles. I, I don't like. Restaurant. I don't like the Flintstones game. I don't like Dinosaur Peak. And honestly, it's, I've, it's, I've tried. I really. I get why people like Panic Restaurant, but too many of the weapons feel kind of useless for me to really like Panic Restaurant. Ooh, I love Panic Restaurant. I love the way it um, looks, I, and I love the idea. Obviously, on. I love the theme. I just I don't like, don't like playing the, play the game. Th- you don't like the plates. I don't like playing the game. They're all bangers, all those late title ones. They're all. It's almost like God. Those Panic Restaurant, the Super Nintendo would have been amazing 
if they done some of those. Sure, because they yeah. didn't sell a lot on the, on, the, on the NES at that point. It was like ninety. Oh, that's why they're so rare. Yeah, but uh, of those, I do really like um, Little Samson. And that's the one I've had the least amount of experience with out of all of them. I like it. Jetsons. I have more experience. I beat Jetsons. I, I beat. I reviewed that one. I didn't review Little Samson for the book. Um, so, all right. Uh, next one. Pat, Ian, this is Matt from Rochester, New York again. Okay. Uh, Pat, just with those cookies from Wegmans, what were you thinking, man? It's been two years. <laughs> yeah, you I know. know if something was bad. Not even regular Oreos would last that long. Ian can confirm the Wegmans Oreos. They're not that bad, but they're not going to last two two years. Talk to you guys later. Bye. It's true. You should not be eating two-year-old cookies, Patrick. Matthew, it, 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 it's a narrative fiction. It's a character yes. eating those cookies. That's Thank what you, you. said. <laughs> Buenosera, Uncle Pat and Uncle Ian. Uh-huh. It's J-Bo back here again. It is. It's Hi, been J-Bo. a minute, lads. Uh, just a quick one. So, I was thinking about it the other day. My favorite console, the Game Gear. Yeah, I said it. The Game Gear. Um, <laughs> okay. Favorite game on it. Probably the Lion King for me, you know, the movement, the aesthetics, the way it looks, the cartoony graphics. I must say, perfect. Um, what would be the best game on the Game Gear for you, fellas? And the best gear, Game Gear game for you. I love your voice, Jabo. Um, Very soothing. It is. Uh, I have not played a lot of Game Gear, and I hope to play more. But I was having fun with Psychic World the other night. Not familiar. It's like a little Mega Man-y type game. Okay, Sega made it. I like it. I'm looking for a better Sega Mega Man game, I guess. Uh, Next one. Hey, Pat. Hey, Ian. This is Brian from Northern Utah. Calling with just a quick question for you. UN Squadron might be one of the best games ever made. If you don't think so, you might be wrong. (laughs) Uh, I'm too poor to buy the book, but my name should be in the book. Anyway, I just need to know what your rating is of UN Squadron. Because it's amazing. Okay. Anyway, hope you guys have a good since, day. Since I you're in it. the book. <laughs> since you contributed, I believe I gave it four and a half stars. It's so a good the, game. It's a great game. It's a, which is excellent review. It's not. It's not five, but it's. I, I, I think. I think uh, a couple minor quibbles, but it's a great game. Couple. It's a great game. Um, yeah. A uh, couple more here. Very. This is a, a very amico heavy one, but it's just the way it's worked out. Hey, Pat. Hey, Ian. This is Greg calling from St. Petersburg, Florida. If Tommy Tallarico came to you with an unlimited budget, what would you guys do to fix the Amico and its terrible launch? Thanks. Love the podcast. Well, here's the thing. I'd fucking scrap it and restart. Well, here's the thing, though. You don't need an unlimited budget. The, no. the money's what gets you into, into trouble. You don't need all the fucking hardware. You don't need a console. This is how you, this is how you do the Amico. Ready? This could have been its own topic. It might, it might still be at some point. This is how you do it. You sell it. You do like the Wii Play design. If you really are in love with that fucking controller, you bundle the controller by itself with like, I don't know, 15 fucking games yeah. that are basically tech demos anyway. That fucking Battle Tank game is like a tech demo, which is like one of the games in the Wii Play. That's how you do it. If you become a publisher, you become a game publisher on various platforms. And if you want to do you do the games by themselves. But then if you want to push your fucking uh, little f- fucking uh, iPad slash intelligence controller. You bundle it separately so you don't lock people into that thing. Uh, another, That's how you do it. Another thing that I've seen going around that is, is, yeah. makes sense is um, jumping out of the gate with a console is insane. Insane. You should have spent two to three years at least releasing 
new games by Intellivision, because I don't know if you've seen this, uh, Intellivision has no third-party companies. Tommy oh, came out and right. said that recently. They have no third-party companies. Everything is... Second is, party. Uh, no, first. it's 1.5 party, oh, he said, okay. because he's always got to make up a new fucking term. Does, it, does that mean that the, the, the folks doing uh, Breakout said, fuck you, and, and we're not coming out anymore? Yeah, that probably. Was, that, that was a that was a that was clear third party. Yeah, other ocean stuff was going to be third party. Yeah, that would have been clear third party too. So, well, uh, he said what 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 that means is they provide the graphics the and the the money and the and some sound effects and that makes it one point five party. But Fuck I don't think off. that's actually really happened anywhere. That's, that's just Tommy talking. Yeah. Um, but what you do is you come you bring out in television as a game publisher, yeah. like you said, and you can even because because they can't seem to get the, this figured out, a publisher development house sort of thing. You develop these games and you release these games for as cheap as you promised on consoles like the switch the ps4 the xbox you see if these games garner good reviews you let people see if in television is a company that is something to back then then and only then you come out and you go hey we're gonna try a console and you know what it still would have fucking failed because no one's gonna be like oh i need to buy a whole console to play these games but that would have been the better way to do it sure the problem is, as we said before, that no one's going to want these games without a console. Like yeah. that's the thing. It's like if these games existed on their own without a console, they'd be lost to time. Right. People, and, and, that's the problem. And so, that's that's so, what's been going on as we watch this. Yeah. People are bending themselves into pretzels to get excited over games that if they saw them on the eShop, they would not spend more than two seconds looking at. And a dollar fifty. Astro Smash is 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 the best looking game and the most far- farthest along of all of them but if Astro Smash released 2 weeks ago on the uh, uh on the um the eShop none of these people would be go- would would be covering it there'd be no fanfare no. nothing it's only because it's all you have to look forward to on a console you're you're trapped into an ecosystem with these with these awful controllers like we like we said from the beginning the money on this, the money in this venture is not in the games; it's in selling the hardware. hardware. It's the opposite of every other video game console that has pretty much existed. It's the only unique thing Tommy's really done, and you know what? It's the fucking stupidest idea I've ever heard. And it's the death knell of this console. Yes. So, all right, you want to do one more? You just want to you want to check in with a friend here. Let's check in with a friend. There's only one of five. Wow, we caught up. We somehow caught up in time. We somehow. did okay. We got through this. My my couch outside we're pros. got soaked, but we're how long? Eight years? Seven years? Eight and a half years almost. Fucking Christ. I, I know. All right. We, we got one more. Hey, true believers. Welcome to life in a post-Atari age world. But don't worry. We're going to get through this. We still got the Amico MySpace page going strong. That guy Tom is still our friend on there. You know, the founder of MySpace, Tom. So we got a partnership with him still. And of course, as soon as the page loads up, you get your world rocked with some tubular tunes by yours truly. But we still got other ways to promote, like the new Amico Digest magazine, for instance. Yeah, tons of articles about the Amico and the AC adapter and me, lots of stuff about me. Not to mention it's in full color. Boom! And it's now available anywhere magazines are sold in West Bridgewater, Massachusetts. Yeah, but good riddance to all those Atari age dinglings, especially Albert. Who's just an untalented, jealous gatekeeping? I don't have to deal with any of that on the forums at AOL. See, that is the sound of being free from dingling. I feel so alive. Well, all right. <laughs> Dial-up is about what when the the, the intelligent technology. Uh, you know, you think they've got a space on Prodigy? A prodigy space? Yeah. Maybe maybe CompuServe. <laughs> 
CompuServe. My, my friend had, uh, I think, Prodigy. My Prod- friend, I'm my trying to remember Kevin. all the early, like, um, the Prodigy, CompuServe. CompuServe, yeah. Prodigy, AOL. AOL. Those were the three big ones besides yeah. that. Well, Tommy, best, best of luck on MySpace. Maybe you get that partnership with Tom. Tom and Tommy. Tom and Tommy. All right, that's it for this podcast. I don't know how we got through this. <sighs> I don't know, but we did. I almost feel like i got to skip lunch in order to catch up on time and just go right into <laughs> I almost feel like I have to Yeah, it's my day, I feel like. I mean, it's fine. We're good. We had a good time. If you see want, ya. If you want to see us talk in my, in our, my den uh, about the Heat and Michael Mann movies, go to patreon.com slash the podcast. Great movie. Watch it. And yeah, and I like how the lights almost went off again. That, yeah, I was like, oh, we got All right, that was like me. Like, r- let's wrap it up. <laughs> we wrapped it up. We had a little brownout during during the um, almost a brownout during the uh, the voicemails, but we got through it. All right, we'll see you later. Bye bye.